Hello everyone, I'm P. Renada, host of Seat of Power, Raptors podcast about the Philippine presidency. And today we're speaking with Christian Esguera, who is host of ANC's Matters of Fact and the Facts First podcast, uh, his own personal podcast about newsworthy events and issues. So, uh, but also Christian is a professor of journalism at the University of Santo Tomas. And that's why I've invited him today because he has this perspective of a working journalist, but at the same time, an academic who can see journalism and analyze Um, the phenomenon around it and things that are happening with this industry. So our topic for this episode is how to cover a president who lies. Um, we're harking back to the press to the speech of President Duterte last week, November 17, where he spent 20 minutes railing about Vice President Lenny Robredo. I would like to just uh, give a caution to the Vice President. Uh, she made a blunder, a big one, and she practically lied, uh, making her incapable of truth. Alam mo, yung pakana niya na wala ako sa bagyo. I was here. But it's not just about Duterte. We also see U.S. President Donald Trump wrongly claiming he won the elections through Twitter, um, through media interviews, and casting doubt on the integrity of their elections. Um, and we saw news outlets, actually, um, American news outlets, cutting away from his speech because they said they didn't want to echo his lies and propagate um, these lies further. So uh, I guess to start, Sigur, just to set the background, set the stage for our topic, um, let's go back you know, to November 17. The day of the speech, uh, it was close to 11 p.m. So that's a dead hour. Most people are resting. Maybe they're watching Netflix. Maybe they're opening a bottle of wine or putting their kids to sleep. In short, no one is thinking about Duterte, right? He's far from everyone's minds. Everyone's resting. But the Malacanang reporters are awake because we cover his speeches weekly. And in fact, we knew ahead of time that his speech would last exactly one hour and five minutes. So um, the speech airs and Duterte's opening is already the Lenny rant. And um, my first question to you, Christian, did you watch the speech? I watched it after. Uh, usually kasi hindi ko na siya pinapanood ng ano eh, yung real time. And to me, that was, ano, that was too late, di ba? Una-una, I have a morning show the following morning. So I, I, I watched the clip the following day um, before I started the program. Tapos I was surprised because... And I, I was surprised in the sense na, given the gravity of the situation, he was supposed to talk about the pandemic as usual, but he started with a rant. I think it lasted about 15 to 20 minutes, no? if I'm not mistaken. He was just attacking the vice president. And to me, that was surprising for a president, but it was not surprising for President Rodrigo Duterte because you know this for a fact na he's that kind of guy. No? Parang he usually talks about things that are off-topic, usually veered off-topic. I noticed this before no one yung when when I covered President Duterte's transition when he was uh, proclaimed winner but there was a month long transmi- transition uh, uh, 2016 and then I was in Davao I stayed there for about a month uh, the first time I saw him that was the first time I saw him in person and actually heard him at length uh, during a press conference late night yun eh. so I think mga 9 he was in this uh, old hotel owned by a friend I was told Then he had a press conference and he was joking. He was telling a lot of stories. Then uh, right after that, I was uh, tapped to do a live uh, report for The World Tonight sa ANC. 
So remember, napahaba rin yung report ko kasi mahaba yung ano niya eh. Mahaba yung, yung kwento niya. And then, one thing that I really highlighted in that report was that this was a president who you couldn't tell whether he was joking or he was not. Hmm. Kasi alam natin may mga ganong klaseng personalities, di ba? Para bang yung deadpan yung humor niya, yung nakangiti or, or very black yung face but he was telling something with a straight face. Pero for all you know, that was a joke. So that was the first thing that that, that, that struck me. Mm-hmm. And then, right there and then, I realized ko, it would pose a, a challenge to reporters on how to cover someone like him because we didn't know whether he was joking or not. So, true enough, ganun ang lumabas, diba? since 2016 hanggang ngayon. Kaso, it, it's only getting worse because he was not just uh, telling deadpan humor, for instance, but he was actually... He has been uh, attacking a lot of people using the the pulpit of the presidency. So, yung tinatawag nating bully pulpit, ginawa niyang literally, it's a bully pulpit, di ba? A pulpit used by a bully. So, in that sense, sabi ko, I think he's getting worse. No? He's very he's getting very defensive as a, as a president, especially attacking the vice president. So, you knew for a fact na tinamaan siya, di ba? Because ako, a person, I sensed uh, insecurity in the part of the president. Uh, despite the popularity, more than 91% supported his uh, approach to the pandemic. Pero that was how he still reacted to the way the vice president was doing his job. So to me, that was quite telling, yung November 17 uh, public address niya. Mm-hmm. And you pointed out nga na, uh, yun nga, he has a propensity talaga for long speeches. But at the same time, yung speeches niya, especially nung transition period that you covered, maraming scoops. Kasi diba yung appointments niya. And I mean, you know, so many things in his speeches, even if they may be irreverent, even if they may be um, uh, full of insults, marami dun pieces of news eh, that you you have, you're, you're mandated to cover as a journalist. And um, reporters who cover those speeches, like me, we really live tweet them because we know that people's interest is high and we know that people really want blow-by-blow updates. Um, and that's why we have a lot of live tweeting during Duterte speeches, right? And mm-hmm. I think that's the crux of the issue at hand that um, reporters really tweet live and it's a fast-paced activity, right? It's like boom, 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 like statement after statement, um, news headline after news headline. Mabilis yan, dami-dami yung sinasabi. Lahat up possible news use item so um that happened also in the speech in november 17 where we had reporters tweeting on social media live even if his speech wasn't live but you know while it was airing so um at what point did you see the tweets of reporters on social media and what were you thinking when you read them i saw the tweets on uh, the following morning and um yeah, nakita ko actually nung una ko naging basis eh actually nakalimutan ko na na Duterte was supposed to address the public the night before when i woke up very early in the morning the following morning nakita ko yung tweets sabi ko ba may mga sinabi si Duterte and then very ano very very acerbic he was actually he actually attacked the vice president so binal- binalikan ko yung video so sa akin nakita ko yung mga tweets ano naman yung straightforward uh tweet tweets about what exactly happened. And then I saw some of the tweets with context. I saw your tweet eh. Uh, yung hindi original tweet mo, someone who actually retweeted you. So nakita ko may context. No? Sabi ko, ideally, uh, this is how, this was how this uh, this was supposed to be done. So you tweet with context right away. Pero it's very difficult for a lot of reporters to do that because number one, dapat meron kang, um, meron kang context, di ba? Dapat meron kang background of things that he said the day before, three weeks earlier. Tapos, for you to be able to point out inconsistencies. And I think you're doing that quite consistently. Pero yung mga reporters, nakita ko very straightforward. 
I think yun yung naging, ano, yung naging uh, contention doon. Eh. Parang how are we supposed to uh, live tweet a president like President Rodrigo Duterte given the fact that he could actually tell a lot of untruths, he could outright lie. So what happens then to the sequence of tweeting, di ba? So nagmumukha ba tayo mga transcriptionists or uh, should we do a much better job as reporters? So yun yung naging debate and I saw that. Yeah. Mm. Okay, so uh, siguro just to um, be more specific about the tweets, we were talking about the tweets where the, uh, about the president claiming that si Lenny Robredo yung nagpasimuno ng hashtag nasaan ang Pangulo and marami pa siyang claims that were blatantly false like uh, wala raw ginawa si Lenny during the typhoon kundi magtawag-tawag and um, uh, he was even insinuating something like a ano eh, like immoral, like the, the, the vice mm. president was seeing a congressman or something. So, marami mga below the belt uh, remarks also. And as you said, diba, these were being tweeted by reporters. And um, so, yung, you mentioned already the debate. And I just want to go back to what you said. Na, uh, may, mga, may thinking that reporters' job is only to tweet what he says verbatim because that's what he said. Then you pointed out another way of thinking where you tweet what he said, but the context as well. The fact that, for example, uh, he didn't say this. He, d- he said the exact opposite thing last week or the fact that um, what he said was untruthful. Right. So um, ano yung, ano yung opinion mo dun? Like, what is, more, what is more ethical and what is right for a journalist? Is it to stick to the verbatim quote and just let the, the, the reader decide for themselves what to do with that? Or do you think there should be context? Whereas some people think naman that context could be a way of in, in, injecting your personal opinion or bias. Yeah, actually, sige, pag-usapan natin. Very, very interesting yung discussion na yun. Eh. Kasi, I think one reporter in particular was attacked. No? Your colleague, si, si Joseph Morong. Kasi very straightforward yung, yung tweeting niya. Nagmukha siyang transcript. Actually, transcript siya, di ba? So I think that actually, uh, he, use, he, he often uses that to aid his reporting for television. That's one way of looking at it. Pero sa akin kasi, this, this, are, this is a time when, and this is a precedent, uh, to which you cannot make use or settle with he said, she said reporting. For instance, sinasabi mo context, di ba? Of course, it's perfectly fine to, to use the exact words mentioned by the president and put that in a tweet. Pero you know this for a fact na a lot of context is lost on Twitter. Kung sa story nga ang dami nawawalang context, what more sa Twitter? Diba? I think 280 characters. So kahit gawin mo siyang thread, pag, pag, pag nilista mo lang dyan lahat ng, gusto, lahat ng sinabi ng presidente and leave the interpretation to the people without providing context, I think the journalist uh, surrenders his role as a journalist and uh, descends into the simple job of uh, transcription by doing that. Kasi anybody can do that. The Malacanang uh, news, uh, the presidential news desk can do that. So yung, yung, yung Philippine Information Agency can do that. So bakit tayo pinupuntahan ng mga tao? Why do they go to reporters? Because we try to make sense of the chaos. It's very chaotic, di ba? Especially when you cover President Duterte. So ano yung value added ng reporter? Ang value added natin is to actually provide context and explain to them this is this is quite inconsistent. This needs fact-checking. Pero syempre, ang isang extreme end dyan, yung, yung, yung provision of context, the, the fact that we need to provide context, sometimes opens the gates for a lot of opinionating. And quite unfortunately, I see this a lot naman dun sa, dun sa ibang mga reporters na nakikita natin. Ang problema kasi, napapansin ko, on one hand, 
uh, he, shed, he said, she said reporting or objective reporting is being used by those who are supporting President Duterte. Okay? On the other hand naman, yung contextual reporting, nagagamit din naman as an excuse by pro-Lenny reporters to actually uh, attack the President and support Lenny Robredo. Ano ibig sabihin dito? Ang point ko lang dito, whether it's President Duterte or not, whether it's an entirely different president, we should not resort to what I call cheerleading reporting. Napapansin ko yan, especially before nung, when I was covering campaigns. Napapansin ko, pag yung isang reporter na-assign sa isang, isang, sa isang public official, may tendency to cover like, that like, an, like a UAAP school or NCAA school. Para bang may, may tendency to cheer. Ngayon nakikita ko yan ng mga reporters eh. So, lumalabas yung galit nila kay Duterte, not by attacking Duterte, but by praising the Vice President profusely. So I think that in itself, kahit na between Leonardo Robredo and Duterte, makikita mo naman kung sino yung, yung bargas, yung very, yung very crass, di ba? Makikita mo yung difference eh. Even then, as a journalist, that, that leads to a lot of the service as well. Kasi what if we, we, we embrace that kind of mentality, that kind of attitude, in covering a different president or vice president. I think we are surrendering our roles as well, di ba? And worse, we might also descend into a transcriptionist, but under a different president, not President Duterte. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Plus, there other naman, maybe an extreme side of things where may proposals that media should not even air or tweet Duterte's speeches at all. Like, whether it's part of it, the part of a speech na puro lies or it's the entire thing. What are your thoughts on that? Ang isang, ito, ginamit yan kasi yung, yung debate na yan, di ba, ginagawa rin sa United States when when they cut off this press conference by by President Donald Trump. Sa akin, ang personal opinion ko nun, uh, MSNBC, I think, was among the first to to, to cut short the, the the live press conference. Sa akin naman, masyadong premature yung pagkakakat ng MSNBC mm-hmm. ng time na yun. Kasi ang example ko nga nun, even if he was spewing a lot of lies or untruths in that uh, press conference, he could actually put context that right away. Kasi mabilis lang naman yung press conference, iba. Pag sinabi mo agad, well, the president just said a lot of, uh, made a lot of accusations but presented no evidence. We'd like to make that clear mm-hmm. to our viewers. He never presented any evidence right after that. Pero pag pinutol mo agad, kasi parang lumalabas siya exasperation na reporter. Eh. Para bang, uh, what, what if after putuli nung ano nung, nung MSNBC broadcast yung 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 live interview yung live press conference that announced si President Donald Trump na well despite that I'm accepting defeat diba mm. well despite that I would like to congratulate Joe Biden so you missed that opportunity sa atin sa Pilipinas fortunately I think mas weird yung presidente natin compared to Donald Trump in terms of press conferences I think we have the luxury of uh, choosing or picking and choosing which parts of the president's recorded address uh, we are supposed to air. Kasi naman, di ba, recorded naman yan, uh, karamihan na, di ba? Before, they tried yung live. Pero I think even those uh, close to President Duterte realized na it would be much difficult to, much more difficult to to, to do a live, uh, to, 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 to air the president's address live. Kasi nga, ang dami lumalabas, hindi mo maintindihan, di ba? So ngayon, pwede natin pakinggan, pwede natin piliin kung nilalabas without necessarily cutting uh, cutting cutting the the broadcast. Ang tanong naman, willing ba yung mga broadcast stations, willing ba yung mga news organizations? Number one kasi, maraming takot, di ba? 
And then, gagamitin excuse, well, it's a president talking, we have to listen to what he has to say. But we don't have to actually just, uh, dito, you accept all the lies that he would, uh, the deluge of lies that he comes up with every, each time he talks. Kasi parang ano na eh, again, hindi natin yung panahon na ano, he said, she said reporting. Kasi pwede mo pagtsagayin, he said, she said reporting sa very simple and benign stories. Pero if this is the president talking about a lot of lies and untruths, um, ibang usapan eh. And if you notice pala, no, ang ginagamit ko kasi dati before na term, yung, kasi there's a difference when you say the president lied or the president didn't tell the truth, di ba? When you say the president lied, Meron ka agad moral judgment sa kanya. Pero pag sinabi mo, he didn't tell the truth, sinasabi mo, hindi siya nagsabi ng totoo. Di ba? Hmm. Pero ngayon kasi, parang ano eh, obvious naman, nagsisinuling yung presidente. Di ba? So, oh, actually, parang when I tweet, like, itong years when I'm covering Duterte, nag-iiba yung term, parang I, I kind of distinguish between how to, how to label yung falsehood niya. Kasi ako, when I use lie, when may intent to deceive si Duterte. Like lie, as in, alam niya, he knows better, but he lied. Whereas yung falsely claims or fal- falsely says, kasi may times talaga that the president doesn't know any better. Like, I, I feel na eh, hindi, hindi talaga niya alam. Hindi siya siguro nag, nag rigorously study or he got a name wrong. Like, di ba palagi yung sinasabi, Sinyalo sa drug cartel. It's Sinaloa. So, mga ganun. Like, things like that. Um, if you're covering the president for years and you know how his mind works, yung mga, mga, yung mga quirks niya, you can kind of draw the line na ito, ito lie ito, ito naman false claim lang ito, hindi lang niya talaga alam. So, hindi, yung ganun, yung ganun sa akin, we can say na, ano, uh, the president misspoke on this particular matter. It was supposed to be Sinaloa, not Senyalosa. Mm-hmm. I remember nung, no, ito nagpa-practicum pa ako, hindi pa nung no, kaganito katanda. <laughs> nung presidente si, si Joseph Estrada, yung mga reporters, di ba, sabi nila, very grammatically wrong yung mga yung mga statements noong time na yun yan, no? mm-hmm. ni President Joseph Estrada, or Estrada as a candidate. So, ibang mga galit sa kanya, talagang nilalagyan ng sick yung ano, yung quotes, mm-hmm. di ba? Sa dyaryo. Di ba sinasadya, di ba? O mali ka, sige, lalagyan ka ng sick, hindi ko i-correct yan. Pero let's say minor, let's say subject verb agreement, di ba? O kaya yung gender bender. Sabi niya, uh, may cabinet secretary and her, pero lalaking cabinet secretary. Yung pag ano, di ba, technically, pwede mo nang ayusin yung, ano, mm-hmm. yung, yung pronoun nun eh. Pero dito kay President Duterte kasi, would you allow him to actually misspeak? Kahit na ano, hindi naman lahat syempre ng, ng mga hindi tamang lumabas sa bibig ng presidente. Hindi naman lahat yun intentional or I think malicious, di ba? Kung talagang hindi niya nabasa o kaya siguro kagigising lang niya o bagong inom ng gamot, pag ganun, we, we can say the president misspoke on this particular matter, di ba? Yung, 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 yung kanina ngayon sinulawa. Pero dapat kasi, yung, yung nagko-cover na reporter, dapat aware din siya rin sa issues. E, papa, hindi niya magagawa yan pag ano, pag, pag let's say, kinocover niya yung presidente like, just like any other uh, beats na kung ano yung sinabi, yun na i-re-report. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. Um, actually, you mentioned nga yung, yung the, the, the fact that si Estrada noon, newspapers lang yon but under Duterte, meron tayong beast, which is social media, and it's added a new dimension to how we cover presidents. So, um, dito naman sa November 17 speech, lumabas yung, yung issue about live tweeting, diba? Tweets are, are just um, really shorted bits of what's happening live, and but they're as, but at the same time, ginagamit siya ng reporters as a tool for reporting. So, yung argument ng ibang reporters uh, was that their tweets 
are only tweets and they're meant just to give blow-by-blow updates of the speech itself. They, they're saying that if you want to judge me as a reporter, judge me by my report. Yung aking full package where um, nandiyan daw yung, uh, yung side ni Lenny and my context, etc. So what do you think about this dichotomy? Tama naman yun, yung ganong yung perspective coming from reporters. Ang problema is that how the audiences, the viewers, uh, the, the tweets, diba? yung mga netizens on Twitter, do they also view that the same way? I don't think so. Kasi the, the moment that you tweet something, it, it, it generates a life of its own. Eh. Hindi mo na makakontrol yun. Hindi mo na pwedeng habulin, sabihin mo, guys, balikan niyo yung report ko, nandun lahat yun, diba? Totoo yun, diba? Nandun lahat ng context na gusto nyo. Diba, pansin mo yan, diba, gawa ka ng Twitter thread. Diba? Yung, yung, yung second tweet mo, most likely, hindi niyang babasahin eh. Ang, ang mag-generate ng interest, magiging viral yung una mo. May, may ganun tendency. Yung para ka nag, diba, pagka-text mo yung, let's say, friend mo, subukan mo mag-shoot ng four questions, ang sasagutin niya yung dulo. Parang sa, parang sa thread dyan, diba? Hindi naman, hindi naman lahat yan mag-viral eh. Tsaka hindi lahat ng tao babalikan yung ano in tweet mo. So I think given that limitation, uh, given that that danger of losing context because of the limitations of uh, Twitter, I think right away, at least let's say ito yung 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 yung, yung ano, yung exact words that he said. Kung kasya pa rin sa characters allowed, lagyan na ng context. Kung hindi, thread. Sa susunod na thread. So mahirap talaga eh, pero we have to adjust eh. Lahat nag-a-adjust eh. Ako kasi naranasan ko yung transition from from the old in the new eh. Yung, di ba, 2007 yung Twitter na yan. When I, inabutan ko pa nung pumasok ko sa industry, inabutan ko yung typewriters, yung fax machine, yung, yung pump pilot na ganyan. Tapos, nagkaroon ng Friendster na hindi naman ginagamit sa reporting. And then, Twitter. So, nung time na yon I think I, I made a lot, I made full use of Twitter nung ano eh. Good use of Twitter nung 2012, uh, impeachment of uh, Renato Corona. So yun talaga, blow by blow yung account doon. Pero noong time na yun kasi, hindi ganun ka-involve yung mga tao sa ano sa story compared ngayon. Eh. Ngayon kasi, at saka for, for, for better or for worse, ang magandang, sa tingin ko naman, this is for, for the better. Anong nangyayari, mas binabantayan ng mga tao yung reporters. Never mind the trolls, talagang may iba sila intention. Pero I think generally, mas may, mas may focus yung mga tao to actually assess the credibility of reporters and the credibility of their reports. So I think this would ano, this would actually give us more an, an opportunity to do to do better. Kumpara dati na parang yabang-yabang natin, di ba? Na pag, pag lumabas naman sa atin yan, yan yung totoo eh. Hindi mo na pwedeng sabihin ngayon yun eh. Mm-hmm. Uh, magandang segue yan to the next question from me that um, focusing naman on the reporters who play the role dun sa coverage. Um, and alam natin na yung beat beat in charge kay Duterte is yung Malacanang Press Corps. So, MPC, it's a very old organization. I think since um, the beginning of Cory Admin may, or even before, Marcos time, di ba, may Malacanang Press Corps. And ano siya, um, it's a private club of journalists who at the same time may arrangements sila with Malacanang na sila yung taga parang kumbaga sort out ng anong protocols yung kailangan sundin to make sure that presidential coverage ay maayos and uh, parang may coordination between the government and the media. So, um, in this day and age, do you think nagbago yung MPC in how it's covered the president? Ako ba, kung, uh, compare ko sa experience ko sa, I was part of the MPC before eh, when I covered um, Gloria Macapagal Arroyo tapos si si Noynay Aquino. 
And then, nung, nung lumipat ako sa ABS-CBN kasi, ang coverage ko kay Duterte, hindi yung as part of MPC, pero per story or per event. Minsan, papadala ka sa isang state, ano, uh, working visit, di ba, abroad or dito sa sa, sa Pilipinas lang. Ano papansin ko kasi, uh, especially under Duterte, I think the MPC, sad to say, generally timid. Okay? Mm. So so that that's quite unfortunate. Generally timid in terms of president uh, in terms of coverage of President Duterte, especially during the early years, during the first two years. Parang yung honeymoon period na binibigay usually ng press sa isang presidente, binigay kay Duterte, uh, naging protracted eh. Although napansin ko rin yan when 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 the press covered Noynoy Aquino. Yun naman kasi parang darling siya because of the so-called uh, Cory magic eh. So napansin ko rin napaka-extended nung ano, nung ng honeymoon period ng press for uh, President Benigno Aquino the third yung time na yun. Pero lately, napapansin ko, medyo mas tumatapang yung malakanyang press corps uh, in terms of covering the president. I think, uh, number one, because of realization that they have no other choice but to report it that way. Ito kasi, medyo awkward tung conversation na kasi ikaw member ka ng malakanyang mm. press corps. And you're one of the few who are actually... Um, doing a lot of critical reporting sa Malacanang, di ba? Kung napansin mo, I don't know. I'm sure you realize this, di ba? Pag pinupuri ka nila, <laughs> lagi may caveat, di ba? Parang sinasabi, kahit anong, ba, kahit anong pang sabihin niyo sa coverage ng Rappler, hindi niyo mang gusto si Pia. Ganito, di ba? Napapansin mo ba yan? <laughs> sa, mga, sa mga forums na for instance, sinasabi ko dati, napaganda pa yung, yung, yung binan ka sa, ano, sa Malacanang because hindi ka na-restricted dun sa, sa daily reporting ng Malacanang in terms of uh, accessing the president through the Malacanang press corps. Kasi ngayon marami namang avenues, di ba? Pero that, doesn't, that didn't make the, the action of the president to ban you uh, any acceptable, di ba? Hindi siya acceptable at all. So, ang point ko lang dito... In terms of covering the president, I think the NPC needs to do a lot of uh, soul-searching, I suppose, and then realization that uh, this is a different president and the way that they or we covered previous presidents before may not necessarily be uh, the right way or the, may not necessarily be enough to cover this kind of president now. So whether you like it or not, across presidents, lagi may group ng Malacanang press corps I won't name names now, pero lagi may group within the Malacanang press corps who are very subservient to any sitting president. Alam mo yan, di ba? <laughs> Alam within the Malacanang press corps yan. Tapos, meron ka namang papansin doon na merong small group of reporters na talagang uh, critical of any sitting president. Hindi dahil si Duterte siya, si Aquino siya, or si Arroyo siya. But just because that's how it's supposed to be reported. Iba naman na they're just going through the motions, di ba? Kailangan mag-file ng story because ito yung requirements sa akin ng office and that's it. This is the time when such kind of reporting would fail miserably in the face of this kind of president. Hindi din pwedeng ganun. Never mind yung, yung group of Malacanang press corps members who are actually subservient to President Duterte now. And once he's replaced, they would still be subservient to the next president. Never mind that. Lagi may ganun sa mga beat, di ba? whether because they're benefiting in terms of resources, influence, or proximity or closeness with the president, never mind. Doon tayo magagawa doon. Pero the rest of the press corps, I think they have to reevaluate. evaluate Ito, ito yung isa kong ano dyan, isa kong concern dyan, di ba? Mm. 
Again, ako na magsasabi kasi awkward to dahil ikaw involved dito, di ba? When you were banned by, Malac- by, by, by President Rodrigo Duterte, uh, di ba they came out with a statement? Di ba? Mm-hmm. I, I, I was made aware of what happened behind the scenes before in, in crafting that statement. Ordinarily, kung maayos ang isang press corps, they would have come up with a much stronger statement condemning what they did to you. But they didn't do that, di ba? Nakikita mo very playing safe in statement, di ba? Why? Una-una siguro, takot sila na baka balikan sila. Number two, baka yung iba, yung iba nakikinabang, babanatan. Yan ang problema kasi pag masyado ka ng close sa kinocover mo, di ba? So para bang wala ka ng safe distance. You feel na, eh, nasabihin nila, eh kayo dyan, yung mga hindi kayo member ng press corps, okay lang kayong sabihin, sabihin yan, di ba? Pero kami, na araw-araw nakikita namin yung Malacanang, tapos si President Duterte, kinocover namin, paano kami maban? Hmm. Well, I can also say that because I experienced that before, di ba? Pero uh, sa experience ko, na-realize ko, may mga, resu- may mga sources ka, may mga public officials na mawawala talaga sa'yo. Magtatampo, mawawala sa'yo. Talagang iiwanan ka, hindi ka kakausapin because of a story that you did. And that's fine. Pero there are those who actually realize na pag nakita nila, hindi credible naman to eh. Fair naman to eh. Kakausapin ka pa rin afterward eh. And you know this for a fact, di ba? May mga ganong sources yeah. eh. Ang point ko lang, may mga, ta- may mga kasama tayo sa industriya who are not willing to make such a gamble or even sacrifice to the point that even if uh, the, the, the sitting president or the, that person in power at, at present is, has been slowly and consistently eating into our democratic space, parang wala silang pakialam. And that's unfortunate. Mm-hmm. Do you think meron ding connection dito yung yung fact na yung administration na to is also on another level of hostility to the media to the point that if siguro we have a journalist na kung before matapang siya kasi ganito like under another president pero under this president nakita niya na hindi lang ako babanatan pero he might go after my company he might go after um, he might slander me in the on the presidential podium paano ko baga uh, yung yung consequences of pushing back now are far graver than they were under another president. Do you think that, um, is that does that make these, these journalists understandably scared? Or do you, think, do you think there's still room to push back more despite this? So, definitely, that's a factor. Obviously, it's a lot of because sabi mo, this is an entirely different level in terms of attacking media. Hindi tayo sanay sa ganyan, di ba? I remember nung, ano, nung, nung sa Davao yun, di ba? I remember there was this uh, story about the president seemingly condoning uh, the killing of journalists, di ba? So, late night press conference yun. I was seated on the second row. Lumabas si President Duterte. I was, nandun kaya tanong, di ba? Oo, oh, no. ba? <laughs> Ay, <no. laughs> ang, ang utak ko nun, I was using a different lens. Sabi ko, ah, siguro mag-a-apologize to. Kasi ganito ginagawa ng mga dating presidente. Ah, mag-a-apologize to. Pulit ako, pinagmamura tayo, di ba? <laughs> As in, nagsisigaw siya. Sabi ko, ba, iba to ah. So, medyo naano ako ng konti. Sabi ko, this is, yung medyo nakaramdam ako ng konting ano, yung parang, parang sinuntok. Mm-hmm. Sabi ko, iba, ibang iba to ah. And then, very very long yung yung press conference niyan, 'di ba? You remember that. Na realize ko yung ganun, that actually set the tone. Hmm. I remember nung nag-live interview ako nung the following, and then ano ba yung nauna yun o yung sabi ni Duterte hindi na siya makikipag-usap sa media. 
ng time na yun sa Davao. After, think, yung, yung di makikipag-usap sa media after yun. Kasi after yung, yun yung response niya dun sa articles na uh, ano legitimate targets of assassination. Ah, okay. Ayun. Kasi after nun, nag-live nag inter- nag report ako sa, I remember Head Start and I was asked by the anchor. Sabi, so, so paano nang gagawin nyo dyan? Hindi na makikipag-usap yung presidente. Wala namang, ano paano mangyayari? Sabi ko, eh, kung journalist ka naman na matunod, di ba? Hindi naman porke hindi ka kinakausap ng presidente. Hindi porke hindi nagsisalita yung presidente. Wala ka ng storya, di ba? Pero I think, y- yung, yung statement ng presidente na yun, attacking media, that set the tone eh. Kasi ako naniniwala ako, this president, hindi siya yung ano lang eh. Medyo, ano siya, chaotic in terms of thinking. Pero there's, there's I think, ano, me- medyo intentional, I think, on the part of the president to assail certain uh, institutions. Mm-hmm. In particular, media, the church, civil society, and other branches of government outside of the executive. Meron siyang intention na ganun eh. So I think he set the tone. And hanggang iramdam natin yun, marami sa atin natatakot because of that, di ba? So sino ba naman hindi matatakot pag araw-araw ka minumura ng mga trolls, di ba? Pag binabanatan yung company mo. Pero like yung sinasabi niyan kasi, hindi naman to, I'm, I'm not, this opinion is not coming from immoral high horse or, mm-hmm. or, or naivete. I think kasi pag pinasok mo yung trabaho, eh, hindi mo nang pwedeng sabihin na gusto ko mag-reporter kasi gusto ko magkaroon ng sweldo. Gusto ko mag-reporter because gusto ko makita yung byline ko, di ba? Kung baga full package yan eh. May makakaaway ka, may, ma- may, may, may matatalisod ka, may makakanti ka, may magagalit sa yung public official. And it comes with the territory. Hindi mo pwedeng sabihin na eh, nakakatakot yung presidente. So okay na ako dito, happy na ako. So I think, Ma- ma- malaki yung tama na sa self-respect natin as a journalist eh. And nakikita ko yun sa maraming reporters ngayon. So, it's quite unfortunate really. Hmm. But I guess yung other problem dyan would be even if you're a reporter who feels that way, if you work for a newsroom na sila mismo pa safe-safe kasi yung owners ng news outlet ay worried about their other businesses, parang, ano rin eh, parang it's another pressure that's coming down on you. That's true. Marami naman sa mga news owners ngayon eh. Not just news managers. Kasi I think a lot of news managers, unang-una, ramdam natin yung chilling effect across newsrooms, diba? I know for a fact that, that there are a lot of news bosses, news executives, news uh, managers who are willing to fight. And really fight back, diba? Mm-hmm. Ang problema yung mga news organizations, news organization owners. Hindi lahat ng news owners or organization, yung news organization owners. Hindi lahat ng media owners understand mm-hmm. what it is to run a news company. Ang problema, to some of them, it's just another business that they need to protect. Okay? Yan ang problema pag yung news owner, yung media owner, hindi naintindihan yung kakaibang trabaho ng isang journalist. Madali sa kanilang tumupi. Now, anong gagawin ng reporter? Kasi we don't own the company, di ba? It would have been a perfect place if we own this company and we run the entire show. But, koy-puloy lang naman tayo lahat dito, di ba? Mm-hmm. In this vast media conglomerate or uh, vast, vast network of uh, businesses which include uh, media, unfortunately. It's just include media, unfortunately. Sa akin kasi, parang within our sphere of influence, I think we should fight back. Siyempre masakit na, let's say, you're doing your job as a journalist, you're fighting back, you're pressing on, pero ang kaaway mo rin yung, yung media owner. Mabigat yun, di ba? And I think you have to live with it. Ano ba yung extreme, 
ano ba extreme uh, what, what what's the worst that can happen to you you might lose your job di ba you might lose the resources to feed your family to support your your wife your children o kung single ka pa nag-aaral ka for instance ng masters eh pero ganun eh di ba sa akin kasi basic yung question eh can you live with with this kind of life as a journalist being restricted being muffled not just by the person you cover not just by the government but also from within by your own news boss you know mahirap di ba Mm-hmm. So they think that, that that's a question that we need to know we answer mm-hmm. to to answer dito. Okay. Uh I guess last question for me would be uh given that ganito yung state of affairs natin the media is covering a president who uh frequently spews out mistruths or um even outright lies uh how do we gain the trust of our audience? Um is the way forward yung context or do you think that will just um uh siguro like maybe turn off certain certain media news consumers or do you think there's another way where we can show them na uh we're doing this because it's part of our job and in fact this is what this is something that will benefit you in the end i mean how do we bring back that trust with our viewers with our news consumers Okay. There was a time na usual response niya sabihin. We, we go back to the basics, di ba? We focus on our job, provide context, uh, honest to goodness supporting, and everything would fall into place again. And I think that's naive. If we settle with that answer, lang. If that would be, would, would, that would be the only response. Because Facebook and its algorithm doesn't respect that, di ba? Wala namang pakialam ang Facebook sa balance or fair reporting technically because you're dealing with an algorithm. You're dealing with echo chambers. You're dealing with a vicious effort coming from different quarters to control the narrative. So I think people should realize that the problem is much graver than it actually appears. So on the part of media, I think it's better for us to understand how the system works and then try to work around and also within that system. For instance, Kunwari, walang, walang problema rin sa going back to the basics. That's very fine. Pero I think it's, it's also important for us to help educate the public on how to how to understand journalism itself, di ba? Kasi ngayon, ang daming nagsasabi, bias kayo, bias kayo. Pero did they actually understand what bias means? Sa akin kasi, ang, ang reading ko sa, sa, sa understanding nila sa bias, pag binanatan mo yung politiko, bias ka. Pero pag pinarease mo yung politiko, you're, 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 you're a good reporter, di ba? So, ganun yung, and unfortunately, may mga media owners na that's, that's the kind of mentality that they have because even them, they're not actually familiar with how journalism is supposed to work. So, they get their journalism education, not from the newsroom, not from the actual journalists, but from the politicians. Yun ang problema, di ba? So, so, dito, we need to really be aggressive in terms of educating the public. Yung sa Rappler, magandang ginawa nyo. I suppose ginawa nyo ng beat yung media, di ba? Mm. Mer- meron kayong designated coming, reporter to cover yes, media uh, affairs. Parang sa United States. And I think that's ano, that's long overdue. And a lot of media organizations should, should also follow follow suit. So, mag-assign din ng ano, reporters covering reporters. Kasi, wala tayong magagawa eh. Kumaga, we have become part of the story. I'm not saying na magpaka, magpaka-star tayo dito, di ba? Parang consciously, they have to we have to be the focus of attention. But when it comes to media issues, dapat nare-report natin eh. Because you can no longer live in a bubble eh. 
nag-iba yung panahon talaga ngayon eh. Maraming nagsasarandyari for instance, di ba? Mm-hmm. Tapos for example, y- 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 yung basic tenets ng journalism and a lot of myths, dapat pinapaliwanag natin yun sa public, especially in social media. For example, what they mean by objectivity. People think the objectivity is uh, is the same as fairness and balance, di ba? Akala nila yung live tweeting na exact words that that is objective. Technically, hindi, di ba? You know that for a fact. The fact na pinili mo tong quote na to ng presidente for your first tweet, that's subjective already. Mm-hmm. We have to educate the public in terms of objectivity, which means or refers more to the process of journalism. Mm-hmm. Na yung reporting ni Pia Ranyada sa presidente, yung pagkausap niya sa iba't ibang mga sources, yung pag-verify niya information, that constitutes an objective process that is replicated by any other reporter across newsrooms because objectivity refers more to the process. Yung ganyan. So there's a lot of free education needed on the part of uh, the public and also on the part of media. And we should actually uh, lead the way. Pero yun nga, yung, yung much graver problem, I think. How to deal with social media? I think it's important for us to understand it much better and to equip ourselves in terms of dealing with with the lies. Hindi na pwedeng on eh. Kaya minsan, di ba, I think recently I was invited to a couple of uh, forums regarding media. Sabi ko, sino ba yung audience? Eh, kung tayo-tayo lang, this is an echo chamber. So, naiintindihan natin yung problema. And there are a lot of things that we can still do. Pero, I think we have to engage those, not just on the other side, but those who are not exactly, kanari, hindi naman kailangan DDS sila eh. Pero, I mean, the public at large. Ito maganda tong podcast ito because this will be heard or or viewed by 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 people across ano yung political spectrum for instance so this would help it's it's time for us to 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 come up with a more united front at this time that that is what's important a united front from media yeah and thank you ah Pia for inviting me in this podcast yeah Okay, so thank you again, Christian, for uh, sharing your insights. I learned a lot as a reporter. I mean, so many issues that we still have to tackle, especially since we have two more years of the Duterte presidency. Um, thank you again to all our listeners and watch out for our next episode of Seed of Power. Uh, this podcast is available on iTunes and Spotify um, and anywhere where you get your podcasts. Thank you again. Thank you.